Oh, my God. 
five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. We may not have a meaning, we may not have a meaning, you be your 
JM in the AM. Of course, we're going to wrap up that segment with an Ohad with an Ohad classic. <laughs> I'm laughing only because we have heard Ohad sing a song. Oh, I don't know, close to a thousand times over the last few days, uh, and that's one of them. Lamella here at JM in the AM. Oh, are we getting ready for Kosher Halftime Show 2018? We certainly are. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday night. That's when it becomes available to the public. What magic will Mayor Kay uh, have in the final preparations before the release of the uh, Kosher Halftime Show? I don't know, but I'm sure it's going to be spectacular. Uh, we had some amazing, amazing days in Israel this week for the big recording, and now we're getting set for a um, for a wonderful and uh, incredible final product. Cannot wait. Absolutely cannot wait. JM and AM Friday on this February the 2nd, the 17th of Shvat, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, just over an hour from now here at JM and the AM. Ohad had Lamelech, Bowie was done by Leviathan, Lenny Solomon, who's now in the U.S., that was his Musaf Kedusha from a Shabbat in Liverpool. And one of our listeners, I think it's JM from Teaneck, uh, is often requesting Liverpool, so there you go, that's for you. Ivri Anochi was Benny Friedman. Eighth day had its Shabbos now. Anavim, that was Yossi Green. And, of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Are you anticipating the uh, kosher halftime show like I am? Oh, boy. The excitement is building. The excitement is building. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos, Parsha's Yisro, Commissioner Seth Gordon, Nasi Ephraim Arf, and myself invite everybody to the big Yisro Kiddush, Mizrahi Apollo Mizrahi, this coming Shabbos tomorrow. Kiddush? I guess it depends who Davin's for the Yomud. I'm assuming around 10.30. 10.40, maybe? I know. I want it to be a big shot make it 10.15, but I don't think it's going to be possible. <laughs> Candle lighting time at 4.54 here in the New York area. I know there may be some impressionable youth out there. I should be careful. Uh, 4.54 is your candle lighting time on this era of Shabbos. 4.54 in the New York area. Uh, comments already. Yitzchak Glassman says, good morning, Nahum. Could you play a song from Ohad? Well, we just did. <laughs> we got that done. Uh, good morning, Nahum, says uh, uh, says JM from Teaneck. Please play some eighth day. We did that. Perhaps also MBD. Perhaps some Avramo from his new album. Am I rooting for the Eagles? Yeah, of course. Of course I'm rooting for the Eagles. Why not? I'm rooting for Robert Kraft and the Eagles. How do you like that? Is that possible? I don't know. But I can't root against Robert Kraft with his dedication to Israel and to Israeli sports or, or American sports in Israel, I should say. Uh, but then again, I have to uh, root against the New England Patriots, obviously. So, yeah, I guess I'm going for Philly. Uh, listener Devora says, not sure about the U.S., but here in Yad Benyamin, it's report card day. And the Sabans are very proud of our three boys. Our son's school has a terrific practice of the teacher writing a personal letter to each child. That's cool. Pointing out their positive attributes and what they each contribute to the class. We make a point of reading this first and stressing that it's more important to us. Great idea from the school. Thank you, listener Devorah. That is beautiful. And best regards to all your boys uh, on this era of Shabbos at JM in the AM. That is nice. If you want to comment on the app, go for it. NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. Malcolm, Honline an hour from now. For those who, are, who know people who are not at a computer, uh, who don't have access to the archives, who don't know how to use an app, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, use this phone number. Give them this phone number. Say it's 605-562-4400. 605-562-4400. In fact, we just uh, posted it on Facebook. 
and they could utilize that phone number uh, to tune into the show, to literally call in, tune into the show, etc. 33 degrees, morning snow showers here in New York. Clear tonight, low 18. Wow. Didn't realize it was supposed to be so cold over Shabbos. Was not like that in Israel. Yeah, I know. One of the few times that I've been to Israel and didn't bring along the uh, snow or rain. A lot of people pointed that out. I'm improving. <laughs> I'm improving in the whole uh, weather thing with Israel. Um, and then uh, tomorrow, Shabbos, sunshine with a high of 35. We're at 33 right now in New York. What are we, 61 in Yerushalayim? I think it was 61 when I checked, if I'm not mistaken, here on a uh, JM in the AM uh, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. All right, this is the song we debuted yesterday, Shmuli Unger. It's called Mach Abracha at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Leif Tahar with Animus Mirot. You heard Shmuley Unger and Mach Abrocha. That's brand new. J.M. in the A.M. Good morning. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos. Loving your comments on the app. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, tossing your requests and comments on our app. Malcolm Honline joining us under an hour from now. Weekly update returns 740 Eastern time this morning here at J.M. in the A.M. We posted it on Facebook. So anybody who's um, tuned in or anybody who's watching Facebook now has all the uh, information you need to um, to tune in and uh, listen in to the uh, weekly update. Uh, you have your computer, NahumSiegel.com. You have your app, NSN, NahumSiegel Network app for Android and iPhone. You have your phone number. Literally, you can tell people to call and listen at 605 562-4400. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of options to say the least. So we just got a request uh, on um, on the, I think it was on the app. We just got a request for an Uri Davidi selection. We're about to play Uri Davidi. And many of you are likely aware of the fact that Uri Davidi is in this neighborhood tomorrow night. The Young Israel of Manhattan. The Young Israel of Manhattan has their 39th annual concert with Benny Friedman and Uri Davidi, tomorrow night starting at uh, 8.45 at the Seward Park High School corner of Grand Street and Essex Street. It is literally less than a five-minute walk from the D, F, M, J, and Z trains. It is one of the best ways to get around the city, obviously, and very convenient. Um, tickets can be uh, ordered at yimanhattan.eventbrite.com. YIManhattan.eventbrite.com. You could also email YIM for Young Israel of Manhattan, YIM225 at AOL.com, YIM225 at AOL.com. And it's Benny Friedman and Uri Davidi together tomorrow night here at the Seward Park High School on the Lower East Side. Uh, if you'd like tickets, we'll take the first two callers at 212. 212- Five two nine four six twenty. If you can make it to the Lower East Side of Manhattan tomorrow night, and you'd like a pair of free tickets, two one two five two nine four six twenty. Two one two five two nine four six twenty. Simple as that. JM in the AM on this era of Shabbos Parshas Yisro with candle lighting time at four fifty four in the New York area. Plenty more coming up, including this from Uri Davidi at JM in the AM. Gam 
JM in the AM with Yoel Sharabi. Shalom Aleichem on a JM in the AM Friday morning Arab Shabbos. Before that, Sandy with Hadon Olam. You heard Uri Davidi, who's in concert with Benny Freeman tomorrow night for the Unusual of Manhattan. They'll be together at Seward Park High School on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, corner of Grand Street and Essex Street tomorrow night. You'll be able to enjoy them. Uri Davidi with uh, Benny Friedman. Leif Tahar had Adam Zemiros, the brand new Shmuley Unger single. Mach Abracha was in there as well. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Got Galei Tzal in the background. Do our news from Israel coming up. Candle lighting at 4.54 in the New York area, 4.54 on this era of Shabbos Parshas Yisrael. Remember, Bedford-on-Park, the delicious restaurant under the leadership of Chef Alex, Bedford-on-Park. 61 East 34th Street with incredible starters and burgers, great entrees, wonderful steaks, including that 22-ounce bone-in ribeye. Uh, Bedford on Park. Um, yeah, there we go. Bedford on Park. If you mention during lunch or dinner on Super Bowl Sunday, if you mention the name Nahum Siegel, you get free dessert. 61 East 34th Street. They're going to be showing the Super Bowl. You can also bring your own party and show it in your private party room if you wish. Bedford on Park, 61 East 34th Street in New York. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday next to Jam Nam. Galay Tzal, כתובות נאצה רוססו נגד אהד תמימי, המואשמת בתקיפת חייל וקצין. כתבתנו כרמל דנגור. בין היתר רוססו הלילה כתובות כמו עונש מוות לאהד תמימי, לגרש את משפחת תמימי ודש ממחלקת פעולות תגמול. אהד ואימן הרימן עצורות עד תום ההליכים לאחר שהואשמו בשורת עבירות, המרכזית שבהן התקיפת חייל וקצין כפי שתועדה לפני למעלה מחודש בסרטון שעורר סערה. 
הסנאט בגרמניה דורש למנוע מימון ציבורי ממפלגה הנאו-נאצית, כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. מחוקקי הבית העליון של הפרלמנט הגרמני הצביעו פה אחד לדרוש מבית המשפט החוקתי לעצור כל העברה מכספי משלם המיסים לידי המפלגה הנציונל דמוקרטית המחזיקה באידיאולוגיה נאו-נאצית. בשנת 2014 זכתה המפלגה במושב אחד בפרלמנט האירופי ולפיכך הפכה זכאית על פי חוקי גרמניה למימון ציבורי של כמיליון יורו בשנת 2016. סירה ובה כ-90 מהגרים מפקיסטן טבעה סמוך לחופי לוב בעת שהייתה בדרכה לאיטליה, כך לפי סוכנות האו"ם לענייני הגירה. דוברת הסוכנות אמרה כי כעשר גופות נשטפו לחוף עד כה, וכי אין אישור רשמי למספר המהגרים שטבעו. לפי שעה ידוע על שלושה ניצולים בלבד. בית המשפט העריך את מעצרו של פלסטיני החשוד כי ניסה לאנוס קטינה בת עשר בירושלים. כתבנו אוריאל זיגלר. על פי החשד הפלסטיני בן ה-21 ניסה לאנוס את הקטינה כשהייתה בדרכה לביתה בשכונת גילו בדרום ירושלים, אבל הוא נמלט מהמקום לאחר שהקטינה צעקה לעזרה. אחרי זמן קצר הוא הותר על ידי המשטרה, מעצרו הוארך הבוקר בחמישה ימים. הרצח בקריית עקרון. בית המשפט העריך את מעצרו של החשוד בחמישה ימים. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מציינת כי פרטים נוספים מהפרשה נאסרו לפרסום. תחזית מזג האוויר היום תחול עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות ויעשה חם מהרגיל העונה. ולסיום, רוסיה מתכננת לאפשר לתיירים לבקר בתחנת החלל הבינלאומית. כתבנו יותם לחובסקי. נשיא חברת החלל הממשלתית של רוסיה הודיע כי הוא שוקל להציע לתיירים ביקור בין עשרה ימים בתחנת החלל הבינלאומית. לדבריו, מיליארדרים הביעו עניין ביוזמה, גם חברת המטוסים בואינג צפויה לתמוך בה כלכלית. סיור כזה יעלה לכל מבקר 100 מיליון דולרים. אלה החדשות שעורכת לי אמרה מלט, בצוות גל ויצנר וניב בן אלי.
J.M. and the A.M., a song that says it all regarding our concern and love for the soldiers of Israel, the IDF soldiers. And I wanted to use this opportunity after a song like that by Yaakov Shweki, done live with hundreds of Chayalim, 
in Tel Aviv a few years back. I wanted to uh, bring to your attention a uh, a campaign that's going on that's really heartwarming and pretty amazing. A, a listener and friend, a good friend not only of ours but of everybody in uh, this neighborhood where we uh, where we sit and do this great radio broadcast each day. Um, a woman named Brindle Leon who I could go on and on about for, for hours, but now is not the time, brought to our attention a story of um, of somebody who's trying to raise money <coughs> so that not only can she support a great cause, but at the same time reunite with her IDF soldier's son in Israel. And all of this comes back to a campaign that has uh, been launched and that's taking place right now on a website called Razoo.com, R-A-Z-O-O.com. And if you go there and you search for Lev Lachayal, I don't know if you're going to get to the same page that I'm on. I seem to be on the page that has all the donations and all the current stuff on it. Some of the other pages um, only have a a specific uh, number, uh, whether it's two or three or four. But anyway, the, the bottom line is, if you want to support this effort, it's an $8,000 goal. It's R-A-Z-O-O.com. And the organization, or at the top of the page at least, it says support our lone soldiers and Leiv Lachayal. Now, I'm going to give a special shout-out and thank you to Leiv HaTorah. I am assuming this is the same Yeshiva Leiv HaTorah that we've heard of on, on multiple occasions uh, in Israel. I was not aware of the fact that they have a Leiv Lachayal program that provides a supportive yeshiva environment to students who choose to serve in the IDF as lone soldiers. The pre-Army portion of the program covers all bases, combining high-level Torah study, IDF-designed physical training, and advanced Hebrew upon and tours of the country. Each individual receives the spiritual, ideological, and physical preparation necessary to allow him to make his maximum contribution to the IDF. Leiv Lachayal offers personal guidance for each each individual as he navigates through the potentially bewildering military and immigration bureaucracies, and with difficulties he may encounter during his service. And most importantly, Lev Lechayal offers a place where each lone soldier can call home, both during pre-Army and during the subsequent Army service. Unlike other options, the soldiers are provided with an apartment and food near the yeshiva campus. All of the rabbis make themselves available to learn or chat with the boys when they arrive home from base. The soldiers always have a home to go for Shabbat or Chag. Honestly, it says here it's the best program for a religious Lone soldiers. So I was just made aware of this called Lev Lachayal, a project of American friends of Yeshivat Lev HaTorah. And if you go to Razoo.com, R-A-Z-O-O.com, the, the uh, campaign is being utilized for the Jerusalem Marathon, which is, where's my big board here? Jerusalem Marathon is March 9th, March 9th. The platform is being used to, number one, support um, Lev Lachayal, which in and of itself, as I just explained, is worthy of support. And at the same time, it will help reunite a mother from the United States with her lone soldier in Israel, which is pretty cool. In fact, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I may have gotten some material that others don't get, but it, it might be uh, somewhere on this uh, on this page. There's a video online on YouTube of a reunion between her and her son, her IDF soldier son from uh, a year or two ago, and it's pretty heartwarming. It's pretty amazing. Anyway. They've wrote, they've raised over $2,000 for an $8,000 goal. There's a month to go because the Jerusalem Marathon's on March the 9th, as many of us know. 
Uh, if you want to donate, go to Razoo.com, R-A-Z-O-O.com. You can support uh, or search for Lave Lachayal, Lave Lachayal, support our lone soldiers in Lave Lachayal. And if you see that they're at $2,127 right now, then you'll know you're on the same page that uh, that I am on. And at this point, I think I'm going to get them to um, to $2,200. let us get them to $2,200. That would be a $73 donation. And uh, I will do that on behalf of uh, myself and Stacy Siegel. And we'll get them right now to $2,200. And uh, hopefully more and more of you will contribute and, uh, and help out. It is a great, I just read about it this morning. It's a great cause and a great opportunity to literally do something special for a mother and her son. More coming up. It is a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. I remind you that um, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will join us at 7.40 Eastern Time, 25 minutes from now, right here at JM in the AM.
לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Friday on this Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Parshas Yisro. And as I said earlier, Seth Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, myself, and the Nasi, Nasi Ephraim Arf, invite everybody to the Yisro Kiddush at the Mizrahi, Apollo Mizrahi. Kiddush tomorrow, I don't know, 1040-ish in that area? Come on down. Also, uh, don't forget the Young Israel of Manhattan in this neighborhood on the Lower East Side of Manhattan has Benny Friedman and Uri Davidi in concert tomorrow night. 39th annual concert with Benny and Uri starting at 845 at the Seward Park High School, 350 Grand Street in New York City. If you want to go to the concert 
We'll take the first two callers, each for a free pair of tickets at 212-529-4620. 212-529-4620. If you want to be in the crowd tomorrow night with Benny Friedman and Uri Davidi, that starts at 845 Seward Park High School, corner of Grand and Essex here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Listen to Ruvain on the app says, great choice of songs. The one about Chayalim especially moving. I feel connected to Klai Yisrael while listening to JM in the AM. Wow, thank you. And inspired. Chazak ve'amat. That is much appreciated. Thank you very, very much. Really appreciated. Um, Malcolm Holmline is going to be joining us, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, about 15 minutes from now. Listener Devorah says, my cousin Sruli Baum was a lone soldier in Leif HaTorah and continues to work there as a madrich and learn there. We're very impressed with the program and also with him. Send our best to him, and everyone should support the cause, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, listener Chana wants to hear Nase by Simcha Liner. That's actually a great suggestion for this week. So we'll try to do that. Uh, listener Cool Mom, I missed this earlier. Uh, number one, the Pilachowski Palace and Mitzpah Yericho requested some Nisim Black. I'm sorry I didn't get to that. And also a Shabbat Shalom wish to Gila and Tamima. And we say Shabbat Shalom to you from all of us here at JM in the AM. Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It becomes live. Ohad, Mayor K, all the incredible things that you watched on social media uh, through our website and through the different uh, and heard through the app, et cetera, et cetera, this past week. All those elements come together for a great kosher halftime show this coming uh, this coming Sunday during halftime, the big game between New England and uh, and Philadelphia. So we are really getting ready for that and anticipate an amazing and phenomenal show. Get ready, everybody. And no matter when you watch it, if you watch it during halftime, you watch it after the game, you watch it Monday, you watch it Tuesday, share it, enjoy it. Uh, let everybody know about it. It's really going to be amazing. That is for sure. JM in the AM, as I said, Malcolm Holmline coming up and plenty more. Don't forget Bedford on Park, Bedford on Park, 61 East 34th Street, New York City, northwest corner of 34th and Park, Bedford on Park on Super Bowl Sunday, lunch and dinner. If you mention the name Nahum Siegel, you've got yourself a free dessert. No joke. You mention the name Nahum Siegel, free dessert at Bedford on Park. You're going to want to make sure to get over there for lunch or dinner this coming Sunday. And there's a rumor that that offer might just continue and you'll be able to uh, get a free dessert even after Super Bowl Sunday. We'll let you know Monday morning right here at JM in the AM. All right, Malcolm Holmline coming up and plenty more. It's Friday, Erev Shabbos Parshas Yisro at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. at Simcha Liner, Nasev Nishma, perfect for this week's Parsha. <coughs> Excuse me, J.M. and the A.M. My apologies earlier when I was speaking on the air, listeners were trying to get through for the free tickets. Now we are ready for you. If you want to be at the Benny Freeman Uri Davidi concert tomorrow night, the Young Israel of Manhattan, Lower East Side of Manhattan, 212-529-4620, 
From Shirei Pinchas, volume number three here at JM in the AM. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Yisro. Well, I hope my friends at the Young Israel of Manhattan are not going to be upset because I was supposed to give away tickets to the first two callers, but it got so out of head with these phones ringing off the hook and so many people out there who want to be there tomorrow night for Benny Friedman and Uri Davidi that I just uh, I just kept answering the phones and kept giving away tickets. I hope I hope I can give away tickets that have um, that don't exist anymore. Uh, don't panic if you just won tickets. Don't panic. Come tomorrow night and enjoy the Young Israel of Manhattan concert with Benny Friedman and Uri Davidi at Seward Park High School, 350 Grand Street in Manhattan. Congratulations to listener Esther in Far Rockaway, listener Erica in Linden, New Jersey, listener Ferry in Brooklyn, listener Panina in Brooklyn, and listener Cyril in Suffern, New York. Uh, each one got a pair of tickets for tomorrow night. Benny Friedman, Uri Davidi, 350 Grand Street, Lower East Side of Manhattan, starting at 845 for Benny Friedman, and Uri Davidi. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's next at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Kosher Halftime Show Sunday. Recorded in Israel this week, as I think everyone knows by now. <laughs> Anybody who's ever heard of me or anything having to do with this network or Mayor K or Ohad or FDD Productions. Certainly based on the plane ride back from Israel, it seems everyone knows why we were there this week. Get ready, 8 p.m. Sunday night, 8 p.m. Sunday night. Kosher Halftime Show. Uh, released to the public. You can watch it whenever you want. Share it. Enjoy it. Send it around. It's our fifth annual, so it's extra special. It was done in Israel and with our friends at Shari Tzedek Medical Center. And later, we'll have a chance to speak to one of the representatives of the uh, Rothenberg Law Firm, the presenting sponsor of this year's Kosher Halftime Show. Well, it's been a while, but we get an opportunity to speak with Malcolm Honline next. We'll also talk about where he's been recently, which I told you last week was a pretty cool location. And we'll also explain why the next few weeks is going to be challenging because, as usual in February, the Conference of Presidents has their major mission, which concludes in Israel. So we'll keep everyone up to date in terms of uh, Malcolm's appearances here um, as uh, close to each Friday as possible here at JM and the AM. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com, continuing to, uh, to continuing to feature the Malcolm Siegel Network uh, to their hundreds of thousands of readers. If you want to print out a million articles before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world, JewishWorldReview.com. And a big thank you, of course, to OnlySimchas.com. OnlySimchas, one of the media outlets that picked up and made a very big deal about our Kosher Halftime Show for this year, and we thank them for that. And a big thank you to Steinreich Communications, one of our big sponsors who helped us out spreading the word. Uh, if you've uh, only been used to going to OnlySimchas.com for Simcha News, get used to the fact that they have an amazing news feed every single day with great stories from around the Jewish world, including a whole bunch of stuff utilizing our content Check out OnlySimchas.com. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Friday just after 7.40 in the morning Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good to be with you. Appreciate that. Last week it became known that you were in Guatemala. You can imagine my and many listeners' curiosities about the Jewish presence and the relationship with Israel uh, in that country. What could you tell us about your recent journey? Well, I was on two recent journeys. Uh, the first, uh, the week before, we went to Greece, Cyprus, and Israel as part of the effort to build a Mediterranean initiative to link it, it, the three countries as a core for that, and to where we met the presidents, the heads of the military, the ministers of defense, foreign ministers, uh, prime ministers in each of the countries, and the uh, we, we actually did four countries in four days, so anybody thinks that's easy. <laughs> but the the potential the, with the energy linkages, with the security linkages, with the uh, and to take Israel out of the Middle East and put it in the Mediterranean, which is a much more stable basin. And we have many countries, maybe a dozen already, that have indicated that they want to be part of it. Right now, it's informal. I think it's preferable to stay that way. But it's uh, the potential and the support that we heard in Greece and, and in Cyprus for, for Israel, for the relationship, the joint exercises that you read little about, but that are really quite remarkable, with some of them even having Arab country participation. And the, uh, so that was that week. And then the following is, is, week, is Jerusalem happy with the way it went? Did you hear back? Excellent. Great. And we met President Rivlin and others, uh, we, and we go together with the leaders of the Greek-American organizations. And, uh, you know, they are responsible for the program in, the, in Greece and Cyprus, and we, for the program in, in Israel, we partner with B'nai B'rith in this. Nice. 
Then last week, I went to Guatemala <laughs> and to Guatemala City uh, for, I guess, about 12 hours, 14 hours on the ground uh, because I wanted to get back for Shabbos. But the, the purpose was to encourage, to thank, to recognize what the President Jimmy Morales has done to uh, in recognizing Jerusalem being number two after the United States to do so and to announce that he's going to move his embassy. And he is a religious Christian who um, uh, really believes in, in the importance of doing it. He recognizes the significance. He's facing threats and uh, boycotts and punishments from Arab League and other from, uh, Palestinians and others. And he, uh, we felt it was necessary, and this, which spiraled out of an effort by an individual uh, in, in um, I think, in Boca, um, which started with the, the two rabbis, uh, Leonid Feldman and Rabbi Shiner from the uh, Palm Beach Synagogue, uh, and, and brought along a delegation of their members, uh, the Christian uh, Latino Fuente, which is a pro-Israel Latina organization, Latinos uh, uh, in, South, in South Florida, but everywhere across the country. Uh, and so a delegation of them came, and uh, and a delegation of, uh, of Jewish leaderships and participants from Jewish uh, leadership, and um, I had the privilege to speak before the president, and then we had a private meetings with him that went very long, <coughs> and he was so responsive, and the the Secretary of State clearly very receptive. Vice President was there. The whole cabinet actually came to to a kosher dinner we had yeah. in the palace um, of culture, which is where the president has office. And uh, you know, for a small community of less than a thousand people, this was an immense boost. But it was a, a message to him, and it's a message that all of us have to reinforce with them, with Honduras, with other countries that are talking about moving their embassy. Businessmen who do business there should, should or uh, already, who should make sure it's known how much they support this, or others who could do business there to show them that we, you know, there's a reward. Right. And uh, uh, so that was my sojourn list. And the uh, so now you've been to two countries that have announced that they're moving their embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Um, has Guatemala been any more specific than the U.S. has been in terms of timetable or how? practically they're going to move it well he has a year and a half left his term so hopefully it'll be done in that time and the uh he, he is very committed to doing it as soon as possible uh, i think that the the legal processes of the government haven't taken place yet but it's a i'm sure it's a question of resources and and availability but you know they don't need big embassies most of these places will be two three people right um, to handle the, their representational yeah. <laughs> needs. And BB, the Prime Minister, called President Morales uh, about it, and uh, so have others, so they feel very good about it. I mean, after all, how large is the embassy staff right now from Guatemala? I would expect that it wouldn't be th that large, frankly. So. Right, it's very right. small. Yeah. Um, all right, speaking of the embassy move, a lot of things have happened in the last couple of weeks. One of the most impressive and inspirational, frankly, was the visit of Vice President Pence to Jerusalem the address was, I thought, remarkable. Uh, the symbolism, the visit to the Kotel, et cetera, et cetera, and everything he did on the trip I thought was was exceptional. Would love to hear your review of the trip and specifically what your thoughts were when he announced that this embassy is going to be moved sooner than we thought. 
Well, first of all, I think people don't appreciate enough how, uh, what a great friend Pence is of the Jewish community of so Israel. True, so he true. has always been. Yep. And he has uh, a staff that reflects that. And that is often an important thing because his saying, the Shechianu in Hebrew, oh, oh. I thought was such a sincere gesture on oh, his part. Amazing. And clearly he had to have advisors who could help teach him how to do the huh. But he, uh, no, but the fact that he made the effort to do it in Hebrew to, to say that message in the Knesset, the whole message in the Knesset, which was uh, really a remarkable uh, expression of uh, the U.S. Israel special relationship and support, unapologetic. He went to the hotel, as he said, on a private visit, but I know people who were there. I'd been invited, but I, I couldn't go back again uh, in time. It said that it was uh, it was very moving to to see him and his actions there. And uh, uh, overall, the the uh, refreshing expression of support that that one saw from this, as as with the president when he visited Israel uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. So I think his speech was profound. The announcement and setting a deadline of 2019 uh, makes it more concrete right. and, and, and sends a message that they're not going to be intimidated by the threats and that uh, Abbas can walk away from, from the table. And I think the message the president gave him is you walk away, you're going to pay a price for it. Right. Instead of trying to cajole and to, to apologize, and they did that too. They, they try to bring him back to the table. But I think his message, as, as the president's message during his speech about those countries that uh, voted against the United States on the Jerusalem issue in the U.N., are, are better re- reconsider and better check, uh, look at their checkbooks because there are going to be some, some checks bouncing for them to take a stand against the United States. Yeah, and no, and no. this is an important message, and you see in the Arab world, uh, Nahum, that all of these measures, the announcement, all that got minimal, minimal reaction even amongst the Palestinians and the demonstrations and all the stuff that they had predicted. Because people are getting tired of it. People are beginning to say, you know what, this is ridiculous. And you see even articles coming from Arab and Muslim sources saying, you know what, you've got to recognize that this is the Jews were there. The Jews were there before us. Right. You know, it's interesting. Daniel Luria was with us this week in Jerusalem, and he spoke about 30-plus episodes that have happened since the original Trump announcement, the Yemenite village and surrounding areas. But the the interesting or the flip side to that is, again, uh, and not to minimize those types of attacks and, and, you know, what some might call minor incidents, but but that's what's happening. The full-scale stuff that everybody expected ain't happening at this point, and it's a very important point to keep in and mind. And you have to know the statistics of how many would occur in a normal week right? to know what is the increase. I have no doubt that it, some people were inspired to do stuff or or incited to right. do stuff, but there's a lot of incitement going on, and for that, the reaction is still limited. Yeah, minimal. All right, uh, I want to do the Abbas thing in a second, but first, I I can't let this pass without some comment from you. Uh, we know that when you're living through history, it is very difficult to see the forest from the trees. I mean, it's a message that frustrates you, I'm sure, all the time, as it does many others, including myself. Pence is there, speaking like nobody else has ever spoken in the Knesset, you know, and I say that in a very loose fashion. I know there, we've had some leadership that, you know, has in fact quoted Tanakh and has in fact demonstrated real religious Zionism from the Knesset podium. But unfortunately, if you look at the Knesset collectively, it's rare. And and yet, I don't know, I don't get the feeling that world jury, 
you know, understands the magnitude of it. It, it, it understands the history that we're living through and how this arguably the second most powerful person in the world is making these types of statements and citing, and we had our very own Mayor Weingarten provide for us sources from Tanakh, from Bracious till the end of everything that he had quoted. And the entire thing is, is, is as if it's a Tanakh lesson. And, and just a word from you about waking people up in our community to understand how significant this is historically. Yes, it is, it is sad that the, the politicization that's taking place, so that, that no matter what administration does or and they can be criticized on a lot of grounds, but the, the, to, to recognize Hakar Satov is such a central concept in Judaism <clears throat> that not to take the opportunity, which is why I went to Guatemala. Right. It was not a vacation trip. Uh, to spend a few hours there. Uh, uh, but but, but the, the fact that, that we've allowed this to color everything that happens and to dismiss significant uh, measures that are are sympathetic and 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 supportive. I mean, it hurts us yeah. ourselves when we do that. And I would bet, and not that I have any inside information, but you've said this about previous administrations, just in terms of hearing about Jerusalem. You know, as simple an issue as that. I would bet there has to be some frustration in Washington that there is not a greater celebratory reaction to all of the things that Trump and Pence are doing for Jerusalem and Israel. They're just there has to you must be hearing from people in, in the administration that there's not enough noise about this. We do hear it, and <clears throat> there were a lot of positive responses as well. But yes, we do hear from them, and they they're baffled by sometimes the reactions in the community. And that's why I say it's important for people to separate. You can criticize every administration. You know, people overlooked many things with President Obama and uh, and applauded everything. And we applaud when they do the right thing. You applaud them when you think there's something wrong. You, you express that as well. But the balance seems to be lost, and and everything is demonized when they do something good. And when we see uh, the kinds of expressions that we we heard. Um, there has to be a positive reaction to show, to encourage it, to encourage others, to show that there's a reward for it. The members of the Senate, for Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives, all, all alike, if they say, look, there's no upside, then what's the point? Look, I understand the uh, full-page ads that are being taken in, 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 in national and international um, uh, newspapers. I get it, and there are a lot of very important issues when it comes to Israel and BDS, et cetera, et cetera. But how those same organizations, how those same funders have not felt that it's important to put full-page ads in thanking Trump and Pence for these specific issues is baffling to me. Anyway, it's America. I'm not a big fan of newspaper ads. Right, I get that. But but you, but, but if you but, but if you but if you're going to do them, but if you're going to do them, this is a pretty good t- topic this to focus would be a on. Good right? one to do. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world and the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He is with us, as we uh, explained earlier. Uh, challenging schedule for him in February. Pay careful attention to us all through the week. We'll let you know when to expect Malcolm on a Friday here at JM in the AM. Also a reminder, Kosher Halftime Show goes live 8 p.m. Eastern Time this coming Sunday night during halftime of the big game. It's our fifth annual one done in Israel, as you've been hearing all week long. So make sure to be tuned in, share it, enjoy it, 
spread it around. I told you I wanted to speak about Mahmoud Abbas. He made some what many would call outrageous statements. In fact, the statements that prompted a response from Ambassador Nikki Haley. She, quote, called them outrageous and discredited conspiracy theories. Is he going to, quote, unquote, pay for these comments? Look, somehow he's a Teflon guy that um, maybe because of his age, you know, being thir- the 13th year of his four-year term, <laughs> um, his uh, outrageous incitement. But this speech really reached a new high, or I should say a new low, uh, because he had anti-Semitic tropes. He had anti-American statements. He attacked everybody. He went on rambling for two and a half hours in a speech to the Legislative Council, and it was truly outrageous, and in, in, uh, the incitement in it, uh, so I think it woke a lot of people up to, to the reality that this guy has no interest in peace. This is, uh, uh, he, he uh, you know, wrote his doctoral thesis on Holocaust denial and the feeling is he was reverting back. And the, so the speech, I think, did him a lot of harm. Uh, you know, it's fodder to some of the people there, but even many of the Palestinians, they know that it's not productive. They see it's counterproductive that they're losing the aid, they're losing the support. They have all sorts of problems. I mean, why doesn't he address the fact that that 41% of the people released in the Gilad Shalit deal, uh, over 400 of the 1,000-plus people, are are recidivists, are back being terrorists in in Gaza, took over Hamas, leading terrorism in the West Bank. Where's his leadership? You know, they they, they make a concession, you release guys, and already since then, uh, uh, more than 40% are back at... at, um, at terrorism, and the you know there's so many things that one could cite about what, what is happening there, and uh, let alone the situation in, in Gaza. And the there's no leadership. He's not. He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to make decisions. He wants everything given to him, which is why we oppose what Slovenia is doing in in terms of uh, saying that they will recognize a Palestinian state that only rewards him and encourages him to be more intransigent because he sees he gets what he wants. Uh, without having to do anything, and the you know the, the given all of the developments in, in the region right now, and you see the loss of support amongst other groups, um, the, uh, the important action, by the way, the United States took in designating Ismail Khania, the Hamas political boss, so-called political, uh, as a designated global terrorist and, and other groups that are operating in Gaza, Egypt, etc., and threatening both countries, uh, Israel and Egypt, as well as the region as a whole, uh, designating them as uh, terrorist entities. And yet you see no action being taken, really. And the daily cooperation on a security level continues between the PA and Israel, and it's very important. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at the number of incidents that uh, the Israelis prevented, it's it's astonishing. Yeah, that we get. Uh, I'm having trouble, as I'm sure so many others are, on this topic, um, understanding the exact financial uh, penalties that, that either have been or can be levied against Abbas and the PA. Uh, we read about the uh, uh, the uh, Washington trying to hold back the uh, United Nations Palestinian Refugee Agency Fund, but aren't there so many different... Um, uh, venues, so many different uh, uh, pipelines of money being delivered from the United States to the PA uh, that it's just hard to keep track of. If they are, in fact, canceling one payment, they're getting. it seems like they're getting plenty of money from other sources. Well, they're not getting more money. They're not uh, taking money from one pot and putting it in the other. They are cutting off 
and reducing the amount of money overall that we are, are giving them. And the, uh, you know, the, the funds, whether it's through UNRWA or through other sources, what, what money we generally give goes for specific projects. It's money that uh, is traced and, and the aid is, uh, is supposed to be followed. And, uh, but cutting them back on the overall aid pro- uh, package, and now we have the, we still have legislation to sanction them, right. including the Taylor Force uh, Act. So th- these things will will reduce significantly the amount of money. It's true that much more was going to them than people generally knew, but we're seeing uh, increasingly that uh, these sources are being targeted. But my question is, and maybe this is obvious, especially to someone like yourself, But and the word I was looking for was pipelines, but it, it seems like each pipeline, each each direction, you know, each, each funnel, <laughs> each method of giving them money has its own separate rules of how to uh, of how to supervise them. You know, does Washington have the power by itself to to negate those funds? They need permission of the UN. They need permission of Congress. Am I right that each pipeline has its own rules and regulations? Well, to some degree, but but it, you know, the United States has the ability to cut off our portion of the funds from UNRWA. We we don't cut off all the funding coming from that. But and that can be without congressional support. UN agencies. And that is a decision the president can make. It's a decision that the, some of these things do have to go to Congress, some of the uh, sanctions. But, the, the, yes, we could do it unilaterally. Right, understood. Um, what did you think of the president's State of the Union address? Uh, not much about the um, uh, about Israel and the Middle East outside of general statements about um, uh, the Iran deal, which he still doesn't like. I don't understand why he continues to... Uh, uh, what's the word? Reaffirm it? Reinforce it? What's the word? It's, uh, each... Yeah, but he, he, he's, he has made clear that uh, this is the last hundred, he's given the 120-day period since the time he signed it. So that'll end Congress the, and that'll the international end... community to come up with improvements. That'll end the... around when? Like, what? when is that deadline? Around when? It's the, about three and a half months. Okay. I think it's it's April. Middle of 2018. In the first, no, in the spring, okay. in, the, in the beginning of the so if it's, so so it's not readjusted by then. It's he's four not... months since the December deadline. Got so it. So whatever if, that is. So if he January, February, March. So if he's not, um, if he's not, if he's not satisfied at that point with adjustments, etc., he still will not sign. He, he then he for sure will not sign on to continue it. Right, but he has to see, and you see already the Europeans are taking seriously his threats to 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 do it, and nobody wants to. They do not want to see the JCPOA collapse. What's an example of that? That Iran can break out. What's what's an example of your of of Europe backing down a bit? I mean, which country or leader has has indicated that? So Britain, France, and Germany are now negotiating various additional sanctions related to the missile program, to Iran's aggressiveness, not to touch. They're trying to avoid touching the JCPOA because they don't want to give Iran. The right to get out of it, which I think is is much less of a threat than they than they make of it. But the fact is that they are talking about uh, additional sanctions. The United States has and continues to impose uh, new sanctions uh, on entities dealing with Iran and with Iranian offshoots, like we did with uh, Hezbollah elements. And and by the way, when you look at the impact, is this a tremendous story about Iran? Uh, transferring four billion dollars, billion, from the National Development Fund to use in their b- proposed budget 
for this year, which for them is 1397, uh, and it starts in March. And they took this money, and more than half of it, two and a half billion, is going for military expenditures, money that was supposed to go to pay off their teachers, money they owe them for their pensions of a billion dollars, and other expenditures for disaster relief. So the vast majority of it, which shows that they do not have the cash to cover the the full budget. And uh, I think that uh, companies are increasingly wary, again, of, of signing final deals, of knowing that they, they may risk not being able to do business with the United States. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the expansionism by Iran, they're building new bases, them and Turkey uh, all over the region, and, the uh, of course, the efforts to undermine uh, governments in the region. This is... Um, uh, the, the one thing that we have seen is that they've stopped the harassment of our ships in the in the Gulf for mm. the last few months. We don't know exactly why. You know, they had those fast boats that used to go in and out, and they they, they carry uh, rocket launchers and well, fifty caliber guns. Well, could it be that we're talking a little bit tougher than in the past? Yes, and maybe they fear that that uh, with this administration, if they right. if there's an incident, <clears throat> that that could be a license to uh, for for the administration to take much more much harsher action. Uh, against them. Um, By the way, it, yeah, I'm sorry. Got, no, no, I was no. going to say, but no. it hasn't inhibited their a- efforts. We see what they're doing in Lebanon, uh, where Hezbollah has essentially taken over the country, and now they say it's one big Iranian missile factory, uh, Lebanon, and, and all the missile rooms in people's homes, but then building uh, precision missile factories, meaning that they will have guidance systems that could be attached to their longer range missiles. Uh, which are aimed at Israel's population centers. So instead of hitting 100 meters from a place, they will hit 5 to 20 meters from the place. Got it. Listener Sima and others who are tuned in who are connected to the Iranian Jewish community have asked me to ask you what the latest is regarding the protests and demonstrations in Iran. What do you hear? That were demonstrations in the last week in, in about a dozen cities. They don't get much uh, notice anymore, and because reporters are very restricted there, uh, they're not getting out, but the the impact I think is a long term one, and that's why I mentioned about the money, uh, because they're not sending money into the rural areas where the, where there's a, a, a dire need. The deputy minister of the environment yesterday said that we have to admit we have uh, uh, we are water bankrupt, water bankrupt. I mean, to make a public statement like that, to say that they don't have water in their areas in Baluchistan and others that are already in such a severe drought and then there's no water, uh, it shows that the economic conditions, while they can tout all the deals they sign, mostly on energy, but on buying cars and planes and stuff, this is not helping the people. This is not benefiting the people. Right. They know it, and they're getting tired of it. The women protesting against uh, head coverings, etc., are they being arrested? Are they being physically assaulted? Are they, are they able to get away with these protests? No, people are being arrested. Journalists are being arrested. Others, if you, you publish the truth about a lot of these stories, um, they, do, they are subject to arrest. But people are very, there are very courageous people there. Yeah, that's for sure. And um, uh, you just mentioned something else about Iran that I wanted to comment about. Uh, but I don't remember. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's move on. The uh, the, the uh, on can you imagine uh, on the um, on the Shabbat that I have a a child of ours in Poland. I get to ask you about this uh, Poland Holocaust law a bill passed by the country's Senate Thursday, less than a week after the lower chamber did the same. Has been described in vastly varying terms, though the terms of the bill itself bans and are quite clear. It would be illegal. 
and punishable by up to three years in prison to claim Poland was complicit in the Nazi atrocities committed on Polish soil during World War II. Your thoughts? So the the initial reaction was about saying that uh, Auschwitz and others were Polish concentration camps, and they're saying, no, these were Nazi concentration camps that they imposed on Poland. To deny history, to deny the complicity that there was, you know, uh, there were many, many Poles like Ukrainians and others who were who who aided and abetted and often took over for the Nazis in in extermination efforts. It's a fact. There were also many who saved Jews. Right. It's a fact. But this law, the fear of this law, is that it starts limiting what people can say. And if you're going to deny the truth, then you endanger yourselves in the future to confront the truth to say. Look, this happened. This is a reality. There's a, a, a positive side to those who put their lives on the line. Many paid with their lives. Uh, and at the same time, there were those who collaborated. And this is, it's a mistake the, to, to fall into this trap uh, to say and you, that you criminalize it. You can say people shouldn't say it. I know that guides and that we had... Uh, we yeah, always what talk a, about what how about? the victims, the Polish victims, Polish victims of the Holocaust, um, never talking about the fact that, that, that there were Poles who, who aided and abetted it, even after the war at Kilcha and other places. So it, it, that is why this evokes uh, the reaction that it does. I mean, can a, can a lecturer, <laughs> can, can a professor go into Poland and give a public lecture about the complicit behavior of Poles during World War II? Well, that's the question, and and how far it goes, and how much of this is subject to interpretation. That if uh, you know, we have annually at the March of the Living, we have seminars. We're doing one this year, where these things will come up. And does that to criminalize it is is really an outrageous act? And it's it it's the distortion of history that's implicit in it that is the trouble. We understand their sensitivity, and and the fact is they were Nazi concentration camps, but that doesn't mean that you can't at least examine the total picture and tell the truth about it. And now back to what I had forgotten earlier. You mentioned the water situation with Iran. How many countries are going through this water shortage? It's like it seems to be it's, it's the shortage seems to be spreading. We read about Cape Town, South Africa, but uh, are, are there many others that are going through the same situation? There are other places. Uh, I, I'm not really an expert on water. No, I understand, supply. but I'm just every and every sewage, day. But but no, I understand, <laughs> but every day it seems like this, this is which is a serious problem, right? Water is a serious problem. I didn't realize it's as widespread as you just described. It is in in well, there are areas where there have been severe droughts. There always are in Africa and other places. Right. And that's why what Israel has done on desalination is so important. And such a and if Iran uh, would wake up and and realize how much they stand to benefit from from Israel, um, but there's no you know the, the the ideology trumps all. I mean, and their and their aspirations for hegemony in the region. Oh, that how I... much money they're spending on that instead of spending it on desalination and other efforts to to bring water to starving people. Oh, that I get, but uh, I mean, for in Cape Town, for instance, is Israel going to jump into the rescue somehow? Like, is there is there a... they have to want them to? Would they... Israel do it? Of course, Israel. Will South Africa. Them, South Africa. South Africa's relations with Israel are not good. I didn't even realize that. No, it's terrible, in fact. South African relations with Israel are terrible. Sure. They're very anti-Israel. There are leaders in the U.N. against Israel. They, the government of Zuma, uh, he himself, um, very troubling. 
Well, good news or bad news that the CC, it looks like, has no opponent in his upcoming election. Well, for public perceptions, it's probably not so great, but uh, I mean, certainly we would want to see him reelected. He's, uh, with whatever failings that people try to point out, he's done remarkable things. He's facing immense challenges, and most of all, he's really secured his relationship with Israel. How, With those immense challenges, which I'm glad you just reconfirmed, that's what I thought, how does he run unopposed? You'd think somebody would try to walk into that open space. Yeah, but sometimes they get arrested. <laughs> sometimes, you know, they're dissuaded. Maybe yet they will be. We'll see. Were there real Syrian peace talks in Russia this week? How would you classify the show that went on there? First of all, inconclusive, and uh, there are talks going on in, in Astana and others, the, these, these negotiations. Um, but so far what we're seeing is a breakdown of the order in Syria with the tens of thousands of militia that Iran has there. Iran announced that they're going to pull their military advisor corps out of Iran. When the, out of Syria, when the, when the defeat of, uh, once they've achieved the defeat of terrorism, which is never, and uh, we see the expansion of Turkey's role. We see there are 29 foreign bases in Syria today. And the, uh, um, so Iran is, is looking to expand its role there. Russia, of course, protecting its interests there. Uh, everybody is doing stuff. You have the Turks crossing the borders, going deeper and deeper into uh, into Syria. So uh, I don't see any any uh, progress. The, the one thing that is disturbing, obviously, is the expanding role, the, the import of weapons by Iran, and especially to Lebanon through, through Syria and from Syria. Uh, more and more sophisticated weapons uh, getting there, and they're building uh, missile production uh, facilities uh, in Lebanon now, as they try to do in in uh, Syria. The, um, the reports that there are chemical weapons again being produced in Syria, all of these are, are of great concern. And uh, obviously the, uh, there's a high alert along the border, constant state of alert uh, along the border with Syria and with Lebanon. Uh, so... You know, we, we have to continue to press and, and to get people to understand what the danger is. Then today, the Lebanese army and the Hezbollah are one. It's not like the last time. And the, the dominance of Hezbollah in in, Syria, in the Lebanon is very clear, even if I'm sure there are many people there who are very uncomfortable with it, don't like it, don't want to see it happen. Right. All right, two more. And I know that these don't deserve to be quick things, but I have no choice. But i got to get to them. Uh, first of all, this story about the uh, the United Nations examination of 206 companies with their links to Israeli settlements. Uh, what do you think of the chutzpah of the UN on this one? The ultimate chutzpah, what, and this is the Human Rights Council yet, right? So called, uh, headed by somebody who used to be very friendly, and I don't know what happened to him, uh, cousin of the King of Jordan. Um, so. The, what, what we're talking about is a blacklist of, of these companies. They did publish their report, but what's interesting, they did not publish the blacklist this week when they and when it came out yesterday, I think the day before yesterday. Um, it, it is simply an outrageous thing that only supports BDS, that, that further identifies the UN with, uh, anti, as an anti-Israel entity. I think Dickie Haley came out appropriately and strongly uh, against it, re- recognizing it. 
Um, instead of focusing on the real issues, the real challenges, and, and the implications are serious because if a bank, a major bank, has a, an office right. in the West Bank, they will become subject to these, to these uh, sanctions or whatever that they will be. I, I, I don't believe in the end that they will mount to much, and Israel will not do it. You know, a thousand doctors, scientists, and rescue workers came from 35 countries to Israel last week. That nobody talks about where Israel is training them and how to deal with mass terror attacks. They, they, they had a simulated attack at a soccer stadium and all of this. You know, every day there are things going on like this that, that never get a, a moment's attention or recognition from the United Nations and its agencies. And yet here you have the Human Rights Council obsessed with Israel, not dealing with all the massive violations of human rights. Just look what Turkey, what, what uh, Iran are doing to their citizens in terms of, of persecution, and, and, uh, and yet there, there's never uh, a resolution and never any address of it. No question about it. Finally, what do you think when you saw the Jerusalem Post report about the uh, increase of white supremacy groups anti-Semitic groups of that nature on the United States college campuses? Well, it's something we have seen, that the growth of anti-Semitism or anti-Semitic expressions, but often they're not even identified, they're not so much anti-Jewish, which they are, but against other groups, against the only immigration issue and other things that we've seen being stoked, and people should not ever dismiss what happens, whether in high schools or campuses, uh, because and say, well, it's excesses of youth, you're training generation, the next generation, in hate, and it's got to be addressed, and it's one of the reasons why within the community we have to have unity and working together to address uh, all of these challenges, and at the same time to be able to build coalitions with others. And we should take note of the remarkable thing that Dr. Alisa, the head of the World Muslim League, did this week in writing to the head of the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Council. I, I met Dr. Alisa uh, a few months ago here in, in New York, it was very impressive. Uh, we had a very frank and tough discussion, I would say, an uh, intense discussion. And he issued a statement which was uh, the most uh, uh, incredible uh, denunciation of Holocaust denial about saying how uh, un-Islamic it is. And anybody who does that, I mean, it's just dismissive of them in a, in a long um, uh, statement that people should read. And it reminds us of the Muslims who do students did stand up during World War II uh, and saved hundreds of thousands of Jewish lives in Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan, other countries. Um, but the 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 fact that we have homegrown haters—it's not just abroad. Uh, we should be uh, always on aware, and that's why we press about security uh, preparations and precautions uh, by our, our in our communities and in our institutions. It's, um, you know, this is not something that's going to go away, and you can't wish it away. You've no. got to really confront it, be honest about it, not exaggerate it, uh, and not panic people about it. But on the other hand, to, to know that we have a lot of divisiveness in American society today that is troubling. You see radicalization processes going on uh, everywhere. And um, you see in Britain today the efforts now to address Hezbollah and to declare whether to declare it a... Um, you know, a terrorist organization and to sanction it, et cetera, um, and which is overwhelmingly supported by the British people who, where this would not have been the case uh, a while back, not that long ago. Right, that's for sure. 
So the people, I think, more and more are waking up. We have to pass the Taylor Force. We have many things that, that we should do. There are measures in Congress about it. There, there are efforts in the um, Department of Education. Uh, but there are still very serious problems. Our law for project sees challenges every day about uh, on our campuses and, and elsewhere. And you have to make examples of it because you've got to set standards and Till now, that has not been the case. Malcolm, can't thank you enough. Um, we'll let everyone know what the story is with next week. Enjoy the Kosher Halftime Show and have a wonderful Shabbos. Have a great Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Friday morning, 7.40 Eastern Time here at JMNAM. And again, as I mentioned, because of the uh, conference schedule, they always travel in the month of February. Uh, we will let you know exactly uh, as we get closer and closer to each Friday Uh, when Malcolm is scheduled to join us Friday mornings here at JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Yisro. What a parsha. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Yisro contains 17 mitzvos, 3 positive, and 14 restrictions. But let's understand something. What you have in Parshas Yisro is probably the greatest singular moment in world history. And if you want, you can debate this at your Shabbos table tonight. But I'm going to say that what happened at Sinai, what happened at Sinai was not like other religions that claim that God spoke to their prophet, maybe yes, maybe no, but what happened at Sinai was something that no other people have ever claimed, and that is that Hashem communicated, Hashem granted prophecy to not just one man, Moshe Rabbeinu, but to an entire nation, to several million souls. And this is so important. As a result of this, as we find in chapter 19, the chapter before, Aseris Adibros, we find that Hashem says to Moshe, as a result of this experience, the Gam Yaminu Le'olam, the entire Jewish nation will forever believe in you, Moshe, because each father told his children that were born later into the desert, they all said the same thing. And just as our children, who were not born at the time of 9-11, but they hear from their parents who experienced 9-11, and each father tells his child the same thing, and therefore the children believe their fathers that there was a 9-11, similarly, we have the entire nation giving over the exact same details. And so, Torah, Min HaShamayim, that Torah 
is literally from heaven is something which is an integral part of our being, of our nation, based upon this week's parsha. We're all familiar with the Aseres Hadibros, the Ten Commandments, and I'd like to focus this morning for a few moments on the Tenth Commandment, Lo Sachmud, Thou shall not covered. You shall not desire that which is not yours. Wait a minute. How can the Torah command such a incredible law? And I'd like to explain it in accordance with the way the Rikanti does, and that is to look upon Numbers 1 and Numbers 10 of the Aseris Hadibros as kinds of bookends. What does that mean? The first of the Ten Commandments is, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am your God, Asher Me'eretz Mitzrayim, who took you out of the land of Egypt. Now watch. This is in first person, Asher Hotzei Sicha, who took you out. There was, as we know, a personalized Yitzias Mitzrayim. Last week, when the Torah says that the Jewish people saw Egypt dead by the seashore, it was not simply that they saw Be'ofan Klali, In a general way, they saw the Egyptian people dead, but rather each individual Jew who had been a slave in Egypt, who had been persecuted by a specific Egyptian, that Jew saw that Egyptian, his former master, washed up onto the shore. That was a personal deliverance from God showing that individual, the former slave, that that aspect of his life was completely behind him. He is starting a new life as of that moment. Again, personalized. So what is the first commandment? Not only to believe in the historical past that Hashem liberated us, took us out of Egypt. Beyond that, what is the first of the 13 basic principles of our faith as codified by the Rambam in his 13 Anima Amin? So the first one is that he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that God is the Bore, he is the creator, and he is the Bore, he creates Uman Hig. He is the one who literally uh, not just designs, but moves the primal mover for that which is going on throughout the world for all creatures. He alone, Osa Ose Viyase, he alone is involved in the personal destiny the life, the happenings of 
Chol HaMaasim of each and every individual. And therefore, what we are saying is that how can the Torah ordain, legislate, that you're not to covet that which belongs to the next one? The answer is because Hashem knows what you need in this world. Each and every individual has a personal tafkid, a role in this world, a mission in this world. And He gives each person what they need for the fulfillment of that mission. Some need more assets, some need less assets. For certain individuals, having more money is not going to be beneficial for them. It would only make their life that much more difficult, challenging. How do I know this? I know this from the first commandment of Anochi. Anochi says, I am personally involved in your life and I give you what you need and what you don't need I don't give you and therefore as the Chafetz Chaim was one to say when he asked somebody how they were doing and the person said alright but Parnasa Ken Zayn Besser which means in simple English that my livelihood could be better, said the Chafetz Chaim. How do you know that it could be better? Maybe just the opposite. The way it is, that is the way it's supposed to be, because he is the one who is in charge. And therefore, I can appreciate and understand the Tenth Commandment because it goes together with the First. And just as there's a rule of brachos, that the chasima, the end of a bracha, follows the theme of the psicha, of the beginning of the brachos, so too here, regarding the aseres hadibros, the last commandment, losachmod, goes together with the first commandment of onochi. And indeed, the Gemara at the end of makos, tells us that Chavakuk, the Navi, came, and he said that the primary principle of the Torah is Tzadik Be'emunoso Yichya, literally, that the righteous individual lives by faith. The demonstration of one's faith is whether or not one violates losachmod, one who has emuna. If one believes in God, then there is no room for losachmod. There is no room for coveting that which belongs to the next one. And so, in reality, the Talmud in Sota, Davtes Amaralev, nine a spilling over to Tess Ahmed Bain's 9b, says something very powerfully, beginning with the Sota, the suspected adulteress, 
says the Talmud, she set her eyes upon that which was not fit for her, namely another man. She's married to one man, she sets her eyes upon the other man. And so what happens to her? What she wanted is not given to her because she becomes prohibited to the adulterer, even should she become divorced or widowed, says Rashi. And that which she had, namely her husband, is taken away from her. And so the idea is that coveting does not pay off. And therefore, says the Talmud, and the Talmud makes a list that this is what happened to, number one, the story of the Nochash Hakadmoni, the serpent in chapter 3 of Beratius. One of, the, one of the many lessons that are derived thereof is, same with him, Mashenosan Enav, he set his eyes upon that which was not fit for him. Namely, he wanted Chava for himself. Once again, that which he wanted wasn't given to him. And that which he had, he was at that time literally the um, head of all the animals that was taken away from him as well. And then the Gemara goes on to list no less than ten other examples of this principle. We had it first. It's not simply that crime doesn't pay, but coveting doesn't pay. And the Talmud lists Cain, Korach, Bilam, Doeg, Achitofel, Gechazi, Avshalom, Adoniyahu, Uzio, and Haman tops the list of the ten. All of these have that common factor, namely, they set their eyes upon something which was not fit for them, and what they wanted was not given to him, and and what was in their possession already was taken from them. So it's quite clear that it's not simply that he runs the world and he gives each individual what they need, when they need, for what purpose they need, and therefore I cannot covet, but the consequence of one's coveting, we see, is so detrimental because, unfortunately, Avera Goreres Avera, one sin tragically leads to another. And therefore, what emerges as we take a step back is that a person who believes in the Aseris Hadibros has Simchas Hachayim, believes Ashrenu Matov Chelkenu. Why? Because if I need it, I have it. And if I don't need it, I don't. And that is, after all, his Ratzon. Shabbat Shalom.
to all. J.M. in the A.M. My thanks to Rabbi Yudin, of course. His words for Parshas Yisro. Oh, and I, I would like uh, to, uh, on the subject of Parshas Yisro, I'd like to remind everybody that myself and Commissioner Seth Gordon and uh, Nasi uh, Ephraim Arf all invite you to the Mizrahi Apollo Mizrahi tomorrow morning for the annual Parshas Yisro Kiddush. I hope you all can make it on East Broadway here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It would be wonderful. All right, many of you know, <laughs> the truth is, <laughs> after going through this week, I think everybody that we're uh, in uh, contact with uh, who are listeners or even uh, occasional listeners of our network at this point know, uh, we have uh, we have gotten such tremendous reaction about it because there have been so many social media posts and so many Facebook Live videos, et cetera, et cetera. As many of you know, the Kosher Halftime Show's fifth annual presentation is this coming Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's when it's uh, made live. That's when it goes live and is made available to the public at NahumSiegel.com. 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You could watch it then. You could watch it when halftime actually begins and gather around and let everyone see the incredible production. You could watch it the next day. You could watch it the next week. The bottom line is that we always feel a statement must be made that there has to be an alternative for our families uh, and family value type of families throughout the country. Um, it must be an alternative to the regular halftime show, and that is how the uh, Kosher Halftime Show was born five years ago. We wanted to do something extra special for the fifth year, so you know what we did? We did it in Israel. Had to be in Israel, extra special. We did it at Shari Tzedek Medical Center, an amazing venue, and again, we thank the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center for making it happen. Uh, we did it with Ohad, the great Jewish music star, and Mayor Kay, the incredible social media influencer. And everyone seems to be talking about it. Certainly when we were in Israel and on the plane and back yesterday, everyone seems to be talking about uh, what to expect this coming Sunday once Mayor Kay finishes the production and uh, and sends to us the final version to post. Now, a couple of weeks ago, actually more accurately, probably a month or two ago, we approached the Rothenberg Law Firm with a couple of our major projects that go on during 2018. And one of them was the Kosher Halftime Show. And they were magnanimous and accepting the presenting sponsorship of this coming Sunday show, uh, they felt it fun. They felt it uh, that appropriate. They felt it's a it's a great another great way for them to connect to our community, which is wonderful. They are such an integral part of our community in so many different areas. So a big big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, and with great pleasure, we have with us live via telephone uh, Harry Rothenberg, who is one of the members of the Rothenberg Law Firm. He joined the firm back in 1996. He litigates significant personal injury, wrongful death, and traumatic brain injury cases. He has been a staple of the, as I said, over 20 years at the Rothenberg Law Firm. Information about any of this, if you would ever need their services, injurylawyer.com. And if you ever need a great project in our community to uh, make a statement and make some noise, there's a good chance that the Rothenberg Law Firm uh, will be enthusiastically behind it. Harry Rothenberg, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Nice to be on the air. A pleasure to speak with you. A big, big, gigantic thank you to you and everybody uh, on your staff, everybody who's associated with your firm. And I should note, by the way, uh, the Rothenberg Law Firm, according to my information, can be found in New York City on 7th Avenue, in Lakewood, New Jersey, in Hackensack, New Jersey, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and very appropriate for this Sunday's game in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Can I surmise that you and the other members of the Rothenberg Law Firm have a special interest in Sunday's game? You 
certainly can. <laughs> In addition to, to bleeding the usual red for the Phillies, this week we are bleeding green. And, uh, looking forward very much to the game and the possibility of the first Super Bowl victory in our lifetime. You know that the uh, the pundits out there, because of the uh, incredible magic that the other team seems to have each and every time they get to these types of games, uh, a lot of people are uh, are skeptical if Philadelphia can come out with a victory. I would guess that's a good position to be in. You guys end up winning, the whole place will be shocked. The whole country will be shocked. <laughs> Probably the whole world will be shocked. And it's certainly going to be an uphill battle with a backup quarterback taking on Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But... Do- that's why they play the games. Do you or any members of your company, your inner circle, do any of you plan on being in the stadium Sunday, or is this going to be a relaxed environment for people like you? Just watch the game and hope Philadelphia wins. We kicked the tires. We considered it. You know, I personally thought about it, took a look at the prices. It was something like uh, nearly $5,000 even to get in the door. Now it's come down a little bit, but it's still wow. three or $4,000. And figured I have four younger boys at home. I can't <laughs> abandon them, so if I'm going to go, I'd have to take them because I want to watch with them. Right. So instead of taking them, I decided to uh, do the math, figure out how many tickets I would need, and then instead of using that money to buy tickets, I donated it to charity instead. So hopefully we'll send the right message to the younger kids, and hopefully we'll still be able to enjoy a fantastic game with the hoped-for result. Wow, phenomenal. What a lesson you just taught us. What a lesson you just taught all of us. So the next generation are, in fact, also bleeding Philadelphia green on Sunday, huh? Most of them. Almost all of them. <laughs> oh, tell me one of them has Jets green in them. Just tell me no, that. No Jets green, but I have a brother-in-law from Boston. Oh, so. my, oh my gosh, Harry. Yes. This could get ugly. <laughs> it, well, we, we, we decided that, that for family harmony, we are not going to watch the game together. <laughs> excellent excellent move. You may want to put a 72-hour moratorium on contacting each other after Correct. the game. We, we will be at neutral sites. Now, all right, before we give the big thank you to you guys, uh, because we are so looking forward to this production, I'm sure you've heard uh, how much uh, how much has been said and how many things have been viewed already uh, from what happened in Israel this week. But I, I, just a word uh, about the Rothenberg Law Firm. The name is very familiar to so many of us. Uh, people in what type of situations turn to you? And I mentioned five offices earlier. I would assume that those are all really active offices ready to serve uh, all those communities for their needs. They are all very active. We actually recently just opened a Muncie office Wow! that one of my sisters is staffing. We have in the firm both of my parents as attorneys, uh, and seven of the eight children, including myself, are all attorneys, all at the firm, and all spread out the various offices. Amazing. Uh, we always say the following, and we mean it. No one should ever get hurt. Right. We devote a lot of resources towards educating people, towards safety, uh, bike safety and driving safety, teenage driving safety, um, trucking uh, safety, all sorts of, of prevention, preventing childhood injuries, no one should get hurt. If, God forbid, they get hurt, then they should call us. Understood. And uh, one of the easiest methods to get a hold of somebody at the Rothenberg Law Firm is, in fact, the website injurylawyer.com, injurylawyer.com. They have a phone number at one 800 624 Well, I, I know you've heard, and I know people in your firm have heard about the excitement with Ohad and Mayor Kay and the children of Shari Tzedek Medical Center and all the wonderful things that went on with the Jewish music event that we did there earlier this week and all the filming we did to really come up with an interesting 
um, uh, kosher halftime show for this coming Sunday. I know, you, I know you plan on watching it. I know that you appreciate the idea behind it. You said to me off the air that this is a perfect alternative for people who are completely uncomfortable with the regular halftime show but love to watch NFL football and be part of the American experience of seeing the championship game. So it sounds like you're just as enthusiastic as we are for Sunday's kosher halftime show. This is perfect for us. I'm going to be at one of my brother's homes. I'm planning to bring, as I mentioned, my boys to watch. I, I love to watch football with them. Um, but when it comes to halftime, the entertainment is vastly different and typically, not always, but typically uh, vastly less wholesome, at least with respect to what we would like uh, our kids to watch and to what we'd like to expose them. So this is a fantastic alternative. Uh, and it dovetails very nicely with what we do. Uh, the, 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 my parents and the kids have always donated a great deal of our time uh, to different causes, different issues. Uh, many of us donate our time to different organizations to speak, um, not for pay. Right. Uh, and often it involves travel, and often it involves you know a significant expenditure of time. But it's important, we feel, that we donate not only our, our money to charity, but also our time. You know, for example, I, I do a weekly video on the Parsha for Partners in Torah wow, on their great. website, or it's on YouTube at Harry's Video Blog. <laughs> so, so I'm also in the business of providing alternative, wholesome <laughs> entertainment um, because it's tough. It's very difficult to compete with what's out there. And so I'm personally looking forward to watching the show with my kids. Very nice. Really heartwarming, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. And as we said, the Rothenberg Law Firm logo is going to be all over this thing as we thank you for being the presenting sponsor of this unique show that we're all going to enjoy on Sunday. Harry Rothenberg, Kolaka Vote. I'm sure we'll speak down the road. We'd love more details about the work that you're doing and the uh, wonderful success, Baruch Hashem, that the firm is enjoying now in six different locations. And, of course, you know the final word. Oh, my gosh. I, don't, I can't even do this. I don't remember the, the name of the Eagles song. What is it? Fly Eagles Fly? Fly Eagles there Fly. There you go. Fly Eagles Fly. I'm telling you right now, as we've been saying all week, because of the Rothenbergs, we are rooting for the Eagles this coming Sunday. Welcome to the bandwagon. <laughs> Here's hoping. Here's hoping is right. Thank you so much and Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. There he is, Harry Rothenberg. Big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. He's watching it with his kids Sunday. He's ready. He's ready. Seems a lot of people are ready. Everyone's so anxious to see what Mayor K did in producing this amazing video. I've seen a lot of it. I was there as they were doing a million takes for a million different scenes, but the final product, I'm sure, is going to be amazing. More coming up. JM and the AM on this era of Shabbos Parshas Yisro. Candle lighting in New York at 4.54. More coming up at JM in the AM. Let's 
J.M. in the A.M. with Ohad, of course, star of the 2018 Kosher Halftime Show. Pretty amazing, huh? Pretty amazing. Uh, coming up, Naomi Nachman, table for two, joined by Jeff Ingber of Kosher Catch, and a preview of this year's KFWE with Gabe Geller of Royal Wine. Then the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. All coming up at the Nachum Siegel Network. The sun is gone. Shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good job Done. Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One. Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning. Songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done Spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator is a very special sign Study and you'll pray Why not wait till 
Shabbos Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. And it's very simple. Those of you asking how to watch the Kosher Halftime Show at 8 o'clock, excuse me, at 8 o'clock Eastern Time Sunday night, it will be on our website. The first thing you'll see on our website at NachumSegal.com. Again, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday night. First thing you'll see on our website, NahumSiegel.com. Simple as that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, Matis has JM Sunday this coming Sunday morning between 7 and 9 a.m. I hope to join him at some point to talk about KHS. I've run me tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel. Right after Naomi Nachman, it's the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show. Sponsored by our friends at Kedem. And of course, the Arab Shabbos Music Mix. Sponsored by our friends at Kedem all through the day. Thank you so much for an amazing week here at JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. We have another amazing week starting right after right after Havdullah tomorrow night. And make sure to join me Monday here at JM and the AM. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Wonderful weekend. Till next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.